I'm not pulling out of the driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for another Drive to Work Coronavirus Edition. Okay, today is a weird topic because I like doing weird topics from time to time. Today's topic is magic cards that start with the letter X. Um, okay, so first question, a little trivia question for you. How many cards in magic start with the letter X? Okay, give you, give you a second to guess. And the answer is 18. 18. That's a lot. That's a lot of cards. Um, so today I'm going to talk all about um, the various cards that, uh, that start with the letter X. So our first card has the name. I'm going alphabetically, by the way. So the first card is X. Uh, so this is, other than the card that has no name from Unhinged, this is the card with the shortest name. Uh, I think it's the only card with one letter as its name. Um, so X is, uh, cause blue and a black. It's a legendary creature, human spy. Uh, it's from Unstable. As long as X is in its, is in X owner's opponent's hand, X's owner may cast X and activate X's abilities. That opponent can't cast X and plays with their hand revealed. Blue, black, tap, put X into target opponent's hand. Three blue, black, you may play a land or cast a spell from the hand X is in. If you cast a spell this way, you cast it without paying its mana cost. Two, two. Um, okay, so the idea was there were uh, five factions in Unstable, and one of them were the spies, the spy faction. Um, and I just loved the idea of making sort of my my master spy. Um, and so we... Uh, and anyway, I was just looking for, like, a re- like what is the most invasive spy? And I'm like, what if it ha- hit out in your opponent's hand? And I'm like, what What would that mean? Like, that's what, sometimes I just have, like, germs of ideas. And this card started out of, what if this card went into your opponent's hand? Now, in normal magic, sort of, you know, not unsets, you can't put your cards in your opponent's hand. So this was prime un-territory. Um... And then I'm like, okay, well, what if he's a spy? What if the spy is spying on you? And so the idea is that he goes in your opponent's hand, and then he can start casting spells out of it. Um, and so, anyway, I, and then there was a bunch of, like, technical to make it work. Like, the idea behind the card was, okay, he's, he's a spy. He sneaks and goes into your opponent's hand, and then you can, now that he's, you know, infiltrated your opponent's hand, you can cast spells out of it. That was the idea. Um, there are a lot of words that were required to do this. Like, we, one of the problems early on is we didn't say that your opponent couldn't cast it. So if they had blue and black mana, the way to get rid of it was they would just cast it. Now, they had control of it once they cast it. It's like, okay, the goal isn't for your opponent to play it. Uh, and so we fiddled a lot with sort of the thing. And I, I like where it ended up. Uh, it's kind of cute. Um, it's in blue, black. A, because this is the colors that would do this. And B, this is the, the spy, the spy faction was in blue, black. Um... And then we were trying to give it a name. Uh, we decided we would riff off, like, uh, in James Bond, like, there's M and there's Q. We love the idea of, like, uh, <coughs> spies having letters for their names. Uh, and so X, I don't know, X just felt, like, very spy-like. Um, oh, I've mentioned this before, but I'll mention it now just because uh, I had flavor text for this card that I was really proud of. Uh, and it just didn't fit because it was too long. But the flavor text was going to be uh, X spots the mark. 
Um, cause in, in spy lingo, the person you're taking advantage of is the mark. And so he spots him. Anyway, I thought that was very clever flavor text. It just didn't fit. We tried. There, there, there was a lot of text to make this fit. This is one of the cards I get a lot of questions about. Um, just cause it's a, it, it's a pretty weird card. And so I get, you know, I get a lot of people sort of implying or asking about it, but it's, it's a fun card. Uh, it's legendary. So it can be a commander. And I know people have built some very weird decks around it, which is what I hope for with, with uncards. Okay. Next. Uh, is, I think, the most recent card starting with X. Uh, Xanathar Guild, King, Guild Kingpin. That's hard to say. Uh, four blue-black uh, legendary creature beholder. He's a 5-6. Oh, by the way, did I mention that uh, um, X was a 2-2? Two, two. Hopefully I mentioned that. Anyway, uh, Xanathar's a 5-6. At the beginning of your upkeep, choose target opponent. Until end of turn, that player can't cast spells. You may look at the top card of their library anytime. You may play the top card of their library, and you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast spells this way. So, so, so far, the theme of, of X cards, starting with X, is they mess with your opponent's cards and can play them. That, that, that does run through all 18 cards. Um, so Xanathar uh, is a crime lord uh, in the Thieves' Guildport in Skullport. He's from uh, Dungeon Dragons. Um... And uh, he's probably the best known, like, named um, uh, be uh, Beholder. Uh, and so, obviously, we knew we were doing Dungeon Dragons. We wanted to do Beholders. They're very iconic to Dungeon Dragons. And Xanathar, there's a book with Xanathar's name on it. And so, very high profile. It's kind of like a like monster, monster manual. It's called Xanathar's Guide to Everything. So, um, it just has a lot of references and things and monsters and this and that. And anyway, uh, because his name's on a book and the book's very popular, like his, he was one of the best-known characters in D&D. And so, okay, of course we need to do this. Um, I actually did an article where I, I ran through all the different... Like, Xanathar didn't start in that slot. They, they had him do a different thing, but then a different card in another slot made more sense for Xanathar. I think he started as mono-black, but then they realized they had this cool blue-black ability, uh, and so they mixed things around. But it, he ended up with a cool ability, uh, and it's a pretty cool card. Um, also, so far, both our starts with X cards are legendary, but that, that is also not a theme that will carry through. Um, but Xanathar, definitely a fun card. Okay, next is Xansha, Sleeper Agent. Uh, one black-red, 5-5, um, five, five, a legendary creature minion, as Xantia Sleeper Agent enters the battlefield, an opponent of your choice gains control of it. Xantia attacks each combat if able and can't attack its owner or planeswalker its owner's control. Uh, three colon, Xantia's control loses two life and you draw a card. Any player may activate this ability. Okay, so Xantia was uh, one of the main characters, if not the main character, way back in Urza's saga. There was a book, I think, where Xantia was the main character. She befriended Urza, um, and I believe that... Um, did she give Urza her spark? I'm trying to remember how it all played out. Anyway, she was a Phyrexian agent who came to realize, and, you know, she did the right thing. Um, oh, I'm sorry, Xantia, uh, I think, does Karn? Somebody gets Xantia's spark. Maybe Karn gets Xantia's spark. Um, I think Karn does get Xantia's spark. Anyway, uh, she's a Frexian agent who sort of comes to realize, you know, her, her own humanity. Um, we did make a card back in Urza Saga called Sleeper Agent, where you gave it to your opponent, and it was representing the kind of card that Xantia was. Uh, but what often happened back in the day, and it happens now sometimes, is the book for the set was written after we were done with the set. And so, while we had made a Sleeper Agent card, we didn't know Xantia as a character was going to exist. It got written after we made the set. So, we didn't have the opportunity to make Xantia. 
Um, but she was a major character, played a big role. Um, and so we had a lot of outcry from, you know, from fans like, oh, we need a Zancha, we need a Zancha. So finally, in Commander 2018, we made a Zancha. Um, you'll notice that this card is really playing into the Sleeper Agent flavor, and it's mimicking what Sleeper Agent did. Uh, Sleeper Agent, you gave it to your opponent. Um, here, let me, let me read you that text to Sleeper Agent. So Sleeper Agent, um, Sleeper Agent was from... Uh, Urza Saga. When Sleeper Agent enters the battlefield, target opponent gains control of it. At the beginning of your upkeep, Sleeper Agent deals two damage to you. So the idea is, it's a one mana 3-3, three, three, but you give it to your opponent, but they lose two life every turn. So the idea is, they get it, it's a Sleeper Agent, but maybe it can help you because they're losing two life every turn. Um, so Zancha was the playoff that. She was a little bit bigger, um, but three mana for a 5-5. Five, five. Same thing, you're giving it to your opponent. So that, that shtick for the Sleeper Agent there. And then, the thing that's sort of cool about it, and this was designed, obviously, for a commander product, is she has to attack every turn, but she doesn't attack you. Um, she, she can't attack her owner, um, and she can't attack um, your planeswalker. So, like, sort of, your stuff's off limits, but she can attack other things. And then, um, to sort of tie into the, um, the life loss thing from Sleeper Agent, people can pay mana, three mana, to make her lose life, but... Uh, the the controller does get a card, and so um, there, there's a cost for making them lose life. So I thought that was kind of cool. Okay, next is Xanthid's, a Xanthic Statue. So Xanthic Statue is one of the older X cards, not the oldest, we'll get to the oldest, from Weatherlight. So Xanthic Statue is an artifact that costs eight, uh, five um, activate ability for five, five generic mana. Until end of turn, Xanthic Statue becomes an 8-8 Golem artifact creature with Trample. Um, so this is one of the earlier, it wasn't the first one, but the idea is it's a statue that can come to life. Um, and, uh, you know, it is, uh, it, 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 I, I think the idea was, so this was in Weatherlight. So Weatherlight had a graveyard component, so this wasn't really tying into the the main theme. I think we're just trying to make a statue that could come to life and attack. And the idea is, okay, it's an 8 mana for an 8-8, eight, eight, but uh, it has an upkeep of 5, basically, to, to, to be the 8-8. Eight, eight. Um, and it has fun flavor text. So flavor text is, until you've lived as a statue, do not talk to me of pigeons. Karn Silvergown. So Weatherlight was the premiere of the Weatherlight Saga story. Uh, this, uh, in fact, we were going to start in Tempest. When we pitched the story, it started in Tempest. Um, but they were so excited to get going, they decided they were going to do the, the sort of a preamble in Weatherlight, and we scrambled to do that. And one of the things we tried to do was get all the characters in the flavor text so you could start to meet... Because the characters weren't on... Some of them appeared in the art, because we were able to affect the art. But, um, uh, but it, it was... Uh, we were trying to figure out... So we did a lot of flavor text where we would reference things. So, like, I I was the one that wrote Karn. So I, my, guess is, my guess is I wrote this. Because early on, the way we did it is each character had a writer that wrote their flavor text. And so I wrote Karn Urtai. So there's a very good chance I wrote this flavor text. Okay. Next up, Xanted Swarm. So this is from Scourge. So Xanted Swarm is green for 0-1 insect. It's a creature. Flying... Whenever Xanted Swarm attacks, Defending Player can't cast spells this turn. This is a weird card. Um, it, in some ways, I mean, it's kind of funny. I mean, green has insects. Green is an insect. But like, green is not very good at flying, although once again, it's a zero one, so it's not really flying for offense. Um, and then it stops them from casting spells. Like, this This is an odd... This is a, That's not really a green thing. Um, 
I think blue and white, I mean, white is a little more of the proactive, you can't cast spells, and blue tends to counter spells, uh, neither of which is green. So this, this is a weird card. Um, it was in Scourge. This was Brian Tinsman said. I, I, I'm not quite sure what kind of purpose it was filling. Um, obviously they wanted to capture the, sort of the swarm, and so they made it, uh, insects. I'm not really sure where this came from. This is not, I don't know. This is a weird card. Uh, like I said, I, I was not on the team that made this card, so I do not know the origin. It is a quirky card. Okay, next up is Xanthrid Demon. Uh, this is from Magic 2010. Uh, three black, 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 uh, creature demon, flying trample. At the beginning of your upkeep, sacrifice a creature other than Xanthra demon. Then each opponent loses life equal to the sacrificed creature's power. If you can't sacrifice a creature, tap Xanthra demon and you lose seven life, seven, seven. Okay, so I, if you haven't listened to it, recently I did a podcast with Aaron Forsyth talking about the making of Magic 2010. Uh, one of the things we talked about in that is uh, for the first time ever, we made new cards, and this was a new card in uh, Magic 2010. Um, and we were resonance was the important thing in Magic 2010. And so I think that this card was like, okay, we want to make a demon. You're making a you're making a devil. You're making a a, um, a deal with the devil. Um, and so the idea was, um, I think the idea behind this is, okay, for five mana or six mana, you get a seven seven creature, flying trample creature. And you're going to make your opponent lose life every turn. Now, the trade-off for that is you got to feed this demon. Now, the bigger you feed it, the more damage it does to your opponent. So it's, sort of, it's kind of encouraging you to sacrifice bigger creatures. You could sacrifice smaller creatures, but, you know, th there's sort of a balance there. And then the idea is you don't, he's going to attack you. That's what tapping him and doing you losing seven life, which is kind of an old-school way of doing that. Some early creatures in Magic would tap when that upkeeps and you didn't pay them, if you, you know they would attack you, sort of the flavor. Um, but anyway, I, I thought that was that was pretty cool. Um, now Zathrid, Zathrid shows up some other places, so it's obviously referencing some other things. So let, let's track that down. So let's look at the next Xanthrid Gorgon from Magic 2013. Um, so Zathrid Gorgon is called five and a black three six. It's a Gorgon, uh, uh, like a Medusa. Uh, it's a creature, obviously. Um, it's got Death Touch. Um, two and a black. Uh, tap. Put a Petrification Counter on target creature. It gains Defender and becomes a colorless artifact in addition to its other types. Its activated abilities can't be activated. It's, it's a 3-6. So this is really just trying to play up. Um, okay, so like obviously a Gorgon has a Stone Gaze that if you look at it, you turn to stone. Um, I will note, by the way, in Magic, uh, our... Gorgons turn on, like, uh, Medusa, I believe, in uh, original Greek mythology, just if she looked at you, turn to stone. She couldn't turn it off. It was a punishment. It was a, they were torturing her, basically. Um, the gods can be so cruel. Um, but the, uh, she didn't really deserve it, by the way, if you know the story. Uh, anyway, well, okay, I don't get into the, the, anyway, uh, the, um, in our version, uh, in Magic's version of Gorgons, they can turn on and off. Like Vraska, you know, can turn on and off. They they, they turn things to stone when they want to. It's it's, it's a conscious decision. Um, but I'm sort of curious. What is Zathrid from? Here, I'm going to look up what Zathrid is from. This is something I cannot do uh, when I'm in my car. I cannot search for things. Oh, it's from Chandelar. Uh, let's see. What is Chandelar? Um... Oh, no, no, it's, oh, it's a major, uh, Zathrid is a major demon worshipped or followed by many people and creatures on Chandelar. Oh, so Chandelar was the setting of, um, 
the original Microsoft game that we made way back, way back when, and it is served as a setting for a lot of core sets. So that's what Zathred is. So, okay, and there's one more Zathred, Zathred Necromancer. Uh, this is from Corset 2014. So all the Zathreds are from the Corsets because that's where we tend to uh, channel our. Okay, so Zathred uh, Necromancer, a creature, uh, two and a black, two, two, human wizard. When Zathred Necromancer or another human creature you control dies, create a tapped two, two, black zombie creature token. Um, so obviously, um, we like to make flavor... The, the new cards in the corsets are super resonant. This was a necromancer. So what does a necromancer do? Well, takes dead things and turns them into zombies. So whenever something... Whenever a human dies, I guess that this just... Uh, um, oh, the other interesting thing is the Zeth and Necromancer, uh, if, he, if he dies, you also get to choose a zombie. So you get a zombie even... He'll come back as a zombie. So that's kind of cool. Oh, there's one, one more Zathra. There, there were four Zathras. So Zathra's Skyblade from Magic 2015. So it's interesting. Uh, real quickly, uh, Zathra Demon was in 2010. Um, and then we, we did a bunch of Zathra. So 2013 was the Gorgon. 2014 was the Necromancer. 2015 was the Skyblade. So Zathra Skyblade, a creature again. Two in black, two one. Human Assassin. Hexproof. So you can't target it. Uh, uh, Creature can't be targeted spells abilities your opponent controls. Uh, three and black. Until end of turn, Zathra Skyblade loses Hexproof and gains First Strike and Death Touch. So the idea is that she can't be targeted because she's she's a she's an assassin, so it's harder to get her because you can't find her. And then, um, but if she steps out of the shadows because she can hide in the shadows, she loses her Hexproof, so now you can get her, but then she gets First Strike and Death Touch. So she's an assassin that hides in the shadows that you can't find, um, but when she steps out to assassinate somebody, then she becomes vulnerable. So these are all, these are all top dogs. Oh, by the way, this card was designed by Rob Pardo. Um, so Rob Pardo is a game designer, uh, um, and I, this was in um, this was in um, Magic Twenty Fifteen. We did this thing where um, we asked game designers. Um, to design magic cards. So we went and found different game designers. And I think Rob Pardo, I think at the time, might have worked at Blizzard. Um, anyway, he was one of the people that participated. And uh, he designed this card. And uh, we don't normally put uh, Hexproof onto black cards. Hexproof normally is in primary in uh, green and blue. We do it a little bit in white. We don't normally do it in black. But the flavor of this was so good. It was, it was such a flavorful thing. Like, okay. Uh, we definitely let the Magic 2015 designers have a little bit more flexibility. We did more bends than normal because uh, they were sort of making cool flavorful cards. And this card is a super flavorful card. Okay, next. Xenagos, God of Revels. Okay, so uh, so basically what happened is, let's see, there's Xenagos, um, there's Xenagos the Reveler, there's Xenagos God of Revels. Is there another Xenagos? That's an interesting question. Um, let me check real quick. Is there another Xenagos? Yes, uh, no, there's Fanatic. Oh, so I guess Xenagos, you heard about Xenagos. Uh, I believe, is that Xenagos, what are the God of Revels? Did he show up in the first set? Um... I think he showed up in the second set, right? Yeah, he showed up born of the gods. Okay, so what happened was, um, in the story of Theros, we meet Xenagos. Uh, oh, Xenagos is a planeswalker. So we met him first. Right, we meet him in Theros as a planeswalker. He's Xenagos the Reveler. I'll get to in a second. Uh, and then he uh, uh, achieves godhood. So in the second set, 
he becomes Xenagos, god of revels. He becomes the, the there's a vacancy in the red green god, and so he becomes um, he becomes the red green god. Uh, and so we did this cool thing, which we had never done before. The first set, he's a planeswalker, and then he becomes another creature type, which becomes a god, a legendary and legendary enchantment creature god, because all of them are. Um, so we had done like I'm a creature, I become I become a, a planeswalker, but we had never gone planeswalker become something else. Um, so. Okay, I'm going to go and normally I'm going in alphabetical order. I'm going to do Xena Goes the Reveler first, since these two cards kind of go together. So Xena Goes the Reveler was from Theros. Two red green, legendary planeswalker Xena Goes, uh, loyalty of three, plus one, add X men in any combination of red and or green, where X is the number of creatures you control. Zero, create a two two red and green satyr creature, token with haste. And minus six, exile the top seven cards of your library. You may put any number of creature and or land cards from among them onto the battlefield. So, uh, Xenagos was sort of, he was, he, he's the leader, he is a satyr, and the leader of the satyrs, and he was really into sort of having a good time, and you know, definitely, um, very sort of, um, what's the word I want, uh, hedonistic, and just out, out to have a good time. Um, and so we made, the satyrs went in red and green, and we really made him a fun character, um, and he was, uh, we decided to make him very creature-centric, right? Like, he, he likes a party. So, he can make mana, but, you know, he needs a lot of creatures to do that, and he can make creatures. And, you know, his big ultimate is, you can get more creatures. So, he really is a, a creature-focused red-green planeswalker. Okay, so what happens is, uh, he figures out that there is a vacancy that the red-green god who had disappeared. We later learn in Theros Beyond Death what happened to the red-green uh, in the underworld. But anyway, so he, through machinations, figures out how to uh, uh, sort of rise to godhood, and he becomes the red-green god. So in Born of the Gods, we have Xenagos, god of revels. Uh, three red-green, legendary enchantment creature god, indestructible. As long as your devotion to red and green is less than seven, Xenagos isn't a creature. At the beginning of combat in your turn, another target creature you control gains haste and gets plus X plus X. It'll end of turn where X is that creature's power. So basically the idea is, um, the way all the gods work is until you reach, until you have a certain number of devotion, and I think it is seven for the multicolored creatures and five for the monocolored creatures, because the multicolored, like, uh, Xenagos counts both red and green creatures. So again, much like his, uh, he cares about having creatures in his planeswalker form, he also very much cares uh, in this form, because devotion sort of pushes in that direction. And then, he has an ability that really helps creatures, right? So the idea is he, um, he, 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 he gives haste to something, so he can make something, be able to attack the turn you play it. And then, he gives them plus X, plus X, so he's doubling their power. So, as a fan of doubling, a big thumbs up for Xenagos, God of Revels. Um, and he was a 6-5, if I didn't mention that, uh, when he becomes a creature. Um, and, by the way, he's a legendary enchantment creature, because... Uh, God, because that's what the gods were mimicking how the gods were made. And what the reason, uh, uh, by the way, the first set had the monocolor, cycle of monocolor gods, the second set had the ally color gods, and the third set had the enemy color gods. So we had to make sure the story worked. It turned out the story worked well for him to be in the first set and be a god in the second set. It matched what the story was up to. Okay, next up is Xenic Poltergeist uh, from Antiquity. So Xenic Poltergeist is the first card that, I, in fact, I think at the time, there was a card of every letter, but I think X and Q, I think? Um, and Q wouldn't happen until Quorum Trench Gnomes and Legends, the next set. Uh, but Xenic Poltergeist X was one of the ones that hadn't happened yet. I might be missing, there might have been one, like J or something might not have happened to Antiquities. Anyway, Xenic Poltergeist, one black black, it's a creature spirit, one one, tap, until your next turn, target non-creature artifact becomes an artifact creature with power and toughness, each equal to its mana value. 
Um, that's a really cute ability. The idea essentially is it can sort of animate artifacts. I love this card. I played so much with this card. Um, we we later realized that really animating artifacts like Alpha does it in blue really is a blue ability. Uh, this was in a set all about artifacts, so there was a lot of sort of interacting with artifacts, and this was a relatively new ability. But we later said, okay, this is a cool ability, but really blue is the one that animates artifacts, not black. So um, we stopped doing this effect in black, although it's a super cool card. Um, Okay, next, Xenograph from New Phyrexia. Four and a blue, it's an enchantment. As Xenograph enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. Each creature you control is a chosen type in addition to its other types. Um, I think what happens, we made a card called Conspiracy. When was Conspiracy made? Um, Conspiracy was um, in Mercadian Masks. We made a card in Mercadian Masks that basically uh, did what this did, although... This only affects creatures you control, so it has to be creatures on the battlefield, where conspiracy affected creatures in all zones. Um, but really, once again, that's put in black. Black's not really the one that changes creature types. That really is a blue thing. So we, we've been talking about, oh, this is a cool card. Let's make this card. And we, we tweaked it a little bit, but we finally put it in blue, because that, once again, that, that is apparently black. Uh, one of the themes of X cards in black is it does things that blue should really should do. Okay, next up is... Uh, I think it's Zhao Dun, the one-eyed. So this is from Portal Three Kingdoms. Two black, black. I hope I didn't mispronounce it. A legend creature, human soldier, 3-2. It's got horsemanship, which is basically what flying was in um, Portal Three Kingdoms. By the way, I did a podcast with Henry Stern all about the making of Portal Three Kingdoms. So if you want to learn more about like, how hor- horsemanship happened, you can go listen to that. Anyway, sacrifice uh, Zhao Dun... I- the one-eyed return, I, I, I apologize, I'm mangling his name. Return target black cards from your graveyard to your hand, actually only during your turn before attackers are declared. So the idea is, you can, it's, it's a 3-2, essentially a flyer, that you can sacrifice it to get back a black card from your graveyard. So this allowed you to sort of um, get back something, you know. Uh, and once again, there were not, uh, there were sorceries in Portal Three Kingdom, but uh, there were not a lot of um, sacrifice effects. There were a few. Um, and I think most of them were in black, I believe. Okay, next, Zar- Zari- Z- Zira Aryan, X-I-R-A. Uh, this is from Legend. So she, she was the second ever creature starting with X. The first was even Poltergeist. Uh, black, red, green. Uh, she's an insect wizard. A legendary creature, insect wizard. Although, in her first one, she was originally published. Um, she was just Summon Legend. Uh, but anyway, uh, uh, so black, red, green tap. Target player draws a card. Her original, her original printed card, by the way, said target player draws one card. Uh, but in, in Oracle now, it's target player draws a card. Anyway, she was... Uh, so Legends was the first that introduced legendary creatures, introduced multicolored creatures. I think all the legendary creatures were multicolored. Um, she was one of the more popular ones, only because, you know, it was a card-drawing engine. And at the time, there wasn't a lot of cards you tapped to draw you cards. Um, there was an artifact that did it. Um, Jamie Tome did it in Alpha. Uh, but this was the first, I think, creature... I think the first creature that's have to draw you a card. Um, and she looked cool. She's kind of this insect creature. Uh, we, we, uh, when we first introduced Legends, they didn't... They were just creature type Legend. They were, Legend wasn't even a super type. It was a creature type. And they didn't have any... So when it first printed, she was just Legend. She had no other creature types. But we later went back on the Grand Creature update, and um, she became an insect wizard to match her flavor. Okay, next, Zorn. Uh, another recent card. This is from Adventures in Forgotten Realms. Zorn is two and a red. It's an elemental creature, 3-2. If you would create one or more treasure tokens, instead create those tokens plus some additional treasure tokens. So it increases all your treasure tokens. 
I think he's an elemental made out of treasure is the flavor of him. Um, there, was a, there was a treasure sub-theme that ran through it, and so I think treasure theme was in two different archetypes, and red was the center of them. So this was, this was made... Um, it's a rare card. So um, it was definitely uh, made... Uh, I think it was made more for constructed. Obviously, it was rare than limited, but it showed up in limited some of the time. Um, okay, two more cards, and then we are done. Okay, next, Zun Yu... Way Advisor. Once again, I hope I pronounced that correctly. This is another card from Portal for Kingdoms. One Ball Black, 1-1, one, one, Human Advisor. Uh, so, the way it was originally written said, on your turn, before you attack, you may tap Zun Yu to give one of your creatures plus two plus zero until end of turn. Um, now it is a tap ability, because uh, in Oracle. Um, but the, there were no tap symbols, I believe, in in Portal Three Kingdoms. So we just would say, on your turn, like we would tell you to tap it. There was no symbol for tapping. Um, and all of them, I think, were triggered abilities that happened, you declared before you attacked. So, like, the Oracle tech now says tap, but actually only during your turn before attackers are declared. Um, but anyway, the idea is, uh, right before you attack, you can make one of your creatures bigger, can make himself bigger. But he's a little 1-1, one, one, so he was better used on other creatures. Um, because he's an advisor, see? He, he helped people attack better, but he himself wasn't really good. Okay, the final X card um, is Zerus, the Writhing Storm. This is from Commander 2020. Um, uh, he, uh, it's a 3-5 uh, legendary creature, Snake Leviathan. It costs two green, blue, red. So three, three colors, green, blue, and red, but five mana. Flying. Whenever an opponent draws a card, except the first one they draw in each, tur- in each of their draw steps, create a 1-1 one, one green snake creature token. Whenever Zerus the Writhing Storm deals combat damage to a player, you and that player each draw that many cards. Um, so the two abilities, basically. One, one ability is that it makes um, you and the player you hit draw a card equal to the power. So if you attack and you don't pump um, Zerus, you know, you'll draw three and your opponent will draw three. But every time they draw a card beyond the first card... Um, you get a one green snake. So, for example, on your turn, if you hit them, you'll get two snakes because it's their turn of having to draw a card. So they'll draw three cards, but you, then you get two snakes. Um, and I think this was made... Um, I mean, this was made for a commander, so it's obviously made to be a fun build-around card, which it is. Anyway, um, that, my friends, is all 18x cards. Um, I believe... I didn't do the full research... Uh, I assumed X would have the least number of cards starting with this letter. I don't definitively know that. Um, but I do know that we don't... Uh, X is a weird card to start with. But it's kind of cool that in, you know, uh, the many years that Magic has been, we've actually we've made a bunch of X cards. That is something you would think there wouldn't be that many of. But uh, um, but anyway, so now you, would, you all know all the cards starting with X and Magic. So I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. Um... I, I like doing card stories, and um, while I'm home, it's a lot easier to do card stories than it is in my car. So uh, I've been trying to do more uh, card design stories uh, just where I have to go through the cards because it's a little easier to do it um, when I'm sitting at my desk. And I get, like today, I was cross referencing stuff. I can't do that when I drive. Uh, but anyway, I can see my desk. So we all know what that means. It means it's the end of my drive to work. So instead of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. I'll see you guys next time. Bye bye. <laughs>